I am now going to keep on, and we're just going to look into one of the Psalms, actually Psalm 67. So Adam, you could pop up the first slide. There is plenty of sadness in our world, don't you agree? And so we keep hearing, don't you know, about famous people who've committed suicide. It seems like the um, Chester Bennington lead singer of Linkin Park died this last week. Some of you, that's like, what? Um, 20 years since Princess Diana was killed. That's such a sad time, wasn't it? And, you know, some of you, maybe you've lost pets in the last year. And that can be, if you've had a pet for many years, there's a great deal of sadness with that. And uh, because you've loved and therefore you feel that loss. Uh, and clearly with, there's lots of terrorist events or you just think the horror of somebody, some teenager wants to throw acid in the face of a strange person. What kind of cruelty or nastiness is involved with this? And, uh, you know, every week apparently one or two women are murdered by their own partners, their husbands or partners. These are just shocking things that happen in our world and you could, the list would go on and on. And, uh, and the sad thing is, I was out on the Healing on the Streets team last week and a man came by and he said to me, oh, religion is the source of all the evil in the world. And, um, and uh, of course, not, not all people who follow God or claim to follow God are necessarily doing very helpful things. But I know this, that the true God wants people to be glad. He wants people to be glad. And that's where we see this phrase from the middle of Psalm 67 on the screen now. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. That is the heart of God for the nations of this world, including the Isle of Wight, right? And, uh, and Chertsey, Adelstone, Egham, this is God's heart. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. And Psalm 66, 67, 68 all have this common theme of rejoicing in God. The God who is called Yahweh or Lord is the God of, that's, that's revealed in the Old Testament. And he makes himself known, as we see in Psalm 68, it's the next slide, Adam, says here, may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God, sing in praises of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. He is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. Just what we were being told by Duncan and Ros earlier. He leads out the prisoners with singing. He cares for prisoners. He doesn't just care for victims. He cares for culprits as well. Isn't that a gracious God? But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. You can reject this God. You can keep him away. But he wants to plant you by that river, as Nick read out from that passage. Is Nick gone now? I can't He's upstairs helping. So was it from Jeremiah he said he was reading? But a wonderful passage. This is what God wants to bring us. Our Father God wants all lonely and suicidal people to hear about him because he wants to welcome them into his family and for them to find the Father that somewhere every human heart knows there is a Father in this universe. So uh, can we be sure that God wants to make us happy, to, 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 to uh, rejoice well, I think the Bible is full of that, and people don't realize that. There's a caricature of God as being someone rather miserable, frustrated, angry. But actually, the Bible pictures God as being a God wanting us to be joyful. And so I'd like to point us, actually, to the, to the ironic blessing, the, uh, 
in the Old Testament, the, uh, there was a blessing taught to, to the sons of Aaron. They were the priestly group in, of the, among the Israelites. And so the next slide, please, Adam. Numbers 6, 22 to 27. The Lord said to Moses, who was a big character in the Old Testament, tell Aaron and his sons, they were the priestly class, as I say, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. And he gives them instructions. This is how you bless them. Say to them, right? In other words, announce over the people of Israel. And here's the words of this blessing. Why don't you read this with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so then Moses concludes, So they, the priests, will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Isn't that a powerful way to finish? It's, in other words, this isn't just a sweet thought, some lovely words that you utter. But God says, when they utter these words, I will bless them. Right? Now, you might be sitting there thinking, and what's this got to do with me, all this talk about funny practices out in Old Testament days? Do you know your family may have some traditions and customs? Maybe every Christmas as a family... You get in the car and you go up to Oxford Street to see the lights. And, and you might say, That's, it's neither here nor there really. But you do, every year you do that. Something you do together as a family. And then one day, day, year you were in a motorbike accident and you were unable to go. And the whole of Christmas you'll feel like something's missing in Christmas. Because you didn't get to do that thing. And you know, that's what God wants it to be like. There are traditions and customs in his family. And sometimes we're not aware of them because we've lived like orphans for so long. But as we come into his family, we have to learn what those traditions are. And one of those traditions is blessing. You know, in the Bible, you frequently find people saying that they longed to get a blessing. Because it's something so important. So why have I mentioned that when I said about Psalm 67? Because Psalm 67 sounds like a song written by someone who was thinking about this blessing of the priests. Okay, And so I imagine it was written so that in the temple services, maybe quite near the end, maybe at that point, I don't know how they were structured, but at a certain point when the priest uttered that, that blessing that, that had been given to Aaron, inspired by God, uh, and then afterwards they would say, oh, how about we sing the Psalm 67? I don't know whether they called it 67. It doesn't really matter, okay? How about we sing that? And listen, as we, as, as we now read, it will come up on the screen, Adam, verse by verse. And, 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 he, and you can hear resonances of this blessing from Aaron. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Right? So that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. And just to say, when it says fear here, it doesn't mean craven anxiety. It means a, it's kind of talking about reverence. It's a kind of worship. So this psalm, I suggest to you, is like picking up on that. It's like what you might sing after that had been given. And 
So if we go to the next slide, Adam, I think we have... Um, yeah, these are Russian dolls. I'm sure you might all have seen or played with a Russian doll. You have a bigger one, and when you open it in the middle, there's a smaller one, and you open it. Sometimes there can be about eight of them all nested inside one another. They've even done a game show recently, haven't they? With, with this. Anyway, um, this, this, this actual psalm is a bit like one of these Russian dolls. So the, f the beginning and the end is like the outer doll, and then you get... So I want to show that. So the next slide, uh, Adam, you'll see that the verses 1 and 2 and verses 6 and 7 are like the two halves of the biggest Russian doll here. And they both actually say a very similar thing. They are to do with blessing. And, and both have this phrase, so that... There's a consequence to do with the blessing. So may God be gracious to us and bless us. Friends, they've just heard the blessing announced by the Aaronic priests, right? And, and, and this psalm is a way, it's saying, yeah, I received that blessing. He's saying, yes, may God be gracious to us. The priest has just said it. So yes, I say yes, may God bless us. Do, do you hear how they're responding to it? And this is an example for us to follow, Right? Yes, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine. I receive that. I receive this blessing. I welcome it into my life. I accept that God wishes to do this for me. What a fantastic example for us. So much more for us in the New Testament era who know how in Christ God has made this mercy and grace available to us so much more with such greater clarity as it were. And, uh, you know, many of us find it hard to be the centre of attention and especially maybe hard to appear expectant of kindness. And so for some people to come up the front like people have come this morning, for some it might have been easier, for some it might have been harder to come up the front. And for some, some of you I know would never think of coming to the front because you would feel very difficult about that. But sometimes God puts us right centre stage and says, I'm going to bless you. God himself does that. Isn't that wonderful? Children normally have no such shyness. My lovely little granddaughter, Zoe, she doesn't refuse the breast when she's hungry. She doesn't say, oh, no, no, somebody else should go first or something like that. There's no such thought of that. She's hungry, there's the breast. We read in verse 6 there, don't we? You see, the land yields its harvest. Zoe knows the breast yields its milk. Right? So she's, she, that's, this is what she's, she knows. Suck, 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 yeah, straight away. Now, okay, sometimes she had to learn latching on, all that kind of stuff. I know breastfeeding doesn't always work very well, but, that, but it's working for her, and she knows this is what it's about. Now, to be at the center of that, to receive that blessing, I want to get you to think about that, to actually receive God's blessing. So many of us think, oh, this is for somebody else. There's other people who are more important. There's other people who are more deserving. And we have to constantly come back to this place and preach the gospel to ourselves. That in Christ, it, none of us deserve it, but in Christ we receive this blessing of God. And so we receive it. Now, recently as part of this group of churches we're part of in New Frontiers, just to, this is just an illustration, I don't know. Um, and... Uh, I was in a meeting about a hundred people, and I took. A, I can be a bit contrarian sometimes, but there was a certain aspect of the teaching of the Trinity that I said I, I spoke up and said I didn't agree with that. I didn't think it was heretical, but I wasn't sure it was quite right. I thought it was a bit erroneous. 
And, uh, and it was me against 99. It was a very friendly kind of situation. But um, Andrew Wilson, who was leading this session, this was a couple of years ago, he, he listened to what I had to say. And to be honest, I, had, I was really struggling with reasons for the position I took. I'm not going to explain the position right now. Um, and, uh, but he looked into it more, and we've had subsequent meetings, and the, the, the challenge I made has been agreed to be a valid challenge. Um, but subsequently, we then had this panel thing, and I was asked to be on this panel because of the part I'd played to explain this, again, to about 100 folk in the meeting two years down the line, which was just earlier this month. And uh, afterwards, a friend of mine said, Andrew, it looked as if you didn't want to be up there. And I just, the, the, I just knew when he said it, you know, there's, there's, an, there's an element of truth in that. That because I felt I, I'd been struggling to find the reasons for why I challenged this teaching originally, I, and I feel these other people are better and more important, there was a part of me that, that, was, that had not got into a place of settled faith. Do you know, I should be there because I can be a blessing. Do you, yeah? And, you know, I felt that God challenged me about that, said you, you, you should have got yourself in a better place. This is what the psalmist is doing when he's saying this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. He's saying, I'm going to put myself in a place of believing, right, so that, you're, that, so that I can be a blessing. Yes. Right? So you, you don't serve God with, that, with this failure to engage the blessing. Do you understand? I was not serving yes. God in that. To the extent that somebody out there who knew me could detect that there was discomfort in me, I thought, oh God, I've let you down. I've let you down. I should have got in a better place to be a better blessing sitting on that panel and speaking. Yeah. So wherever, that, wherever you may have that opportunity, I want, you to, I want you to, to, to urge you, to challenge you, receive the blessing of God. Receive it. That God wants to bless you, to make you a blessing. That you will be good for people around you. So we can receive this for each other. Because I notice here, it's, doesn't just, it's not just me. May God be gracious to me and bless me and make his face shine on me. That wouldn't be wrong. But there's a place actually where we receive blessing for, that, for, for the places where we are. You see, when Helen's running Eat Well, Spend Less, she's receiving blessing for all those people. She's, she's wanting to be a. She's wanting to lift them up. She's releasing them from their fears and their lack of confidence, and she's blessed, bringing them into the blessing of God. They may not know God yet, but they're being brought into blessing, and this is what our place is, is in the world. And we get there by receiving that sense of His blessing upon our lives, and being and letting it really come into us. My daughter Katie recently just gave a great quote to me. She said someone she, someone she knew had said this, the person with the most hope has the most influence. Right? The person with the most hope has the most influence. And of course the truth is we see that darkness seems to have a lot of contagion. There's a seem to, darkness seems to be very contagious. Friends, we must believe that light is more contagious than darkness. Right? Uh, negativity and fear seem to be very contagious. But we must believe that hope and faith and love are more contagious still. And I believe in the situations where we find ourselves at the school gate with our neighbours in our place of work. Because we're blessed, we can be the people of hope in that situation. And hope will always make you a person of influence. 
If you have faith, you will be a person of influence. So receive the blessing. Don't regard yourself as small. You are mighty in the Lord. And so the psalm licenses us to declare that we are blessed. You see at the, 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 the two part that this is the big Russian doll, the beginning, the first verses and the last verses. You know, may God bless us still. It's actually, I've read up from Bible scholars, the, 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 the tense could be, it may actually be God blesses us rather than may God bless us still. It could be just as accurate to say God blesses us. Right? It could be an actual announcement that we are blessed. And... Uh, the psalm licenses us to declare such a thing. We sometimes sing a song where we sing, Let now the weak say, I have strength by the spirit of power that raised Christ from the dead. Let now the poor stand and confess that my portion is him and I'm more than blessed. Right? I'm more than blessed. Coming back to this thought of blessing. Abraham's son, Isaac, again this Old Testament character, had various struggles with other people dwelling in the land but in the end there was there was a well dug and he said now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land friend Christians those who follow God are people who come to a place where they can start to make such statements where we we're licensed to say I am blessed right to sing I am more than blessed and to really and this is not to deny the challenges of life the difficulties the trouble with money or such like, the bereavement, the losses, the breakdowns, etc. But nevertheless, underneath all of that, to say, I am more than blessed. We will flourish in the land. And I ask you, let this settle in you. Receive this by faith. Even this morning, do business. Hear the word of God. Let it settle. Because God, remember God said about this blessing, I will bless them. Right? He said it. So uh, whether this isn't, in other words, just for when you're passing exams, getting promotions, winning contracts, making those targets. It's much easier then at those times. But this is also for the times when things are not working out how you'd hoped. It's going slowly instead of quickly or whatever. At those times, we confess, I am more than blessed. And it's with a purpose, you see, so that your ways may be known on earth on one side, so that all the ends of the earth will fear, will worship him. So that your ways may be known on earth, so that heaven would come to earth. This is why you're, you're blessed. So that we make a connection between heaven and earth, because people are ignorant. They don't realize there's a loving heavenly father in, in heaven who loves them. And we are making that connection. Now, what are your ways I don't know, do you ever set off on a journey somewhere in the car and then find you've gone, you've just taken the, the, the roads to go to work? Did you ever do that? And then think, oh, blow, I've got to turn around because I'm not actually going to work because you go into, like, autopilot. Those are your ways, aren't they? It's, it's quite literally the path you regularly take. That is your ways. So... Um, it's, it, your ways are deeds that you happen to repeat repeatedly, right? And the lovely thing is that our God is the, the God presented in the Bible, the Christian Bible, the Jewish Bible, and the, uh, old, which is the Old Testament, and now with the New Testament, the Christians embrace that Old Testament and New Testament. He is a God who is compassionate, who is loving, who is merciful, who is just, who is true, right? He's not a fickle God. 
the sort of God that I think is presented in some other religions, who, who is so absolutely free, he can do absolutely anything he likes, and it's very random and therefore fickle. But the God of the Bible says he cannot lie. There are things that God cannot do because he will never lie, right? And he will never do injustice. And he will, right, so there, there are things that are about his ways that we can know. So in Psalm 103, uh, there's a slide for this, Adam. We, we read, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. God always works for justice. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Now, sometimes there's a distinction between knowing deeds and knowing ways. If you, just, if you just know someone as an acquaintance, you may just observe them do something. But if you really know them, you've seen them do that thing repeatedly, and you get to know their ways. And so Moses, he used to spend a lot of time with God. He'd got to know their ways, whereas the people of Israel, they perhaps only knew the deeds. Friends, move from knowing the deeds to the ways. Right? This is how we grow in our knowledge of God. It's great to know his deeds, to see what his hand has done. But to know his ways is a much deeper thing because you can start to stand on that, to say, I know my God and I know how he works. And I know that this is not how he would work, but this is how he would work. And so we can start to... This becomes solid ground on which to build your life. I know the first few years I was a Christian, I was thought God would trick me and various things and it took several years to begin to know his ways and then to realize no God does not do tricking that's not what he does and uh, so it's questions so how the, then the question asked well how are his ways known through us I mean I don't want to get involved with this I mean he's perfect he's wonderful um, but it's quite clear from the psalm if we um, go to the next slide Adam I think we can see this um, you know, oh, well, I probably should have gone back. I didn't. I should have put it in here again. But it's, um, you know, the may God be gracious to us and bless us, and make His face shine on us, so that Your ways. It's by. It's through us receiving the blessing of God that something of this is displayed in the earth, and the the goodness of God is brought from heaven to earth. So we have a part to play in this, and. I don't want to take, you know, we need God's grace in this, but I think it has to do with our attitudes, our speech, our actions. Coming back to that phrase about the person who has hope is the person who will have influence. You know, if, we, if we give up on our hope, actually we are, it's not just us that will suffer, the world around us suffers, right? We're the hope of nations. Uh, we are the joy of the whole earth. We are the light of the world, Jesus said. I know he said, I am the light of the world, but he then said to us, you're the light of the world. And I don't know about you, but I want to take my uniform off and resign. And often, because I don't feel I can do this very well, but we've been given the role, dear friends. So, um, so when we offer to pray for the sick, healing on the streets, that's part of what we're doing, actually. We're, we're bringing hope into the world. When we help rough sleepers, when we help people with their cooking, we are bringing hope into the world. This is so important. And it's what we do. And so we let this hope control our speech. And I want you to think about things in your life right now. It may well be personal things which are very challenging, which, where you feel it's not working out how you would like. Friends, you have a choice in that place 
of whether just to live in misery or to live with hope that God's blessing will come into that situation. You, don't, you may not know how. You may not know when. But by patient endurance, you wait. You think, I, in my life, I am more than blessed. So at some point, this blessing's going to arrive. And you look with hope to God. Alan Scott says, the future doesn't belong to the brilliant, but to the resilient. Right? Not to those who avoided scars and pain, but to wounded healers who choose to give again. Right? The future doesn't belong to the brilliant, but to the resilient. Not to those who avoided scars and pain, but to wounded healers who choose to give again. That's what Jesus did. That's what he manifests to us. And this is what the Holy Spirit will enable us to do. So to whom do we demonstrate his ways? Well, we demonstrate them to the nations and the peoples. And um, we should, I should rush to a conclusion here, so I won't show the film clip, Adam, okay? So, but uh, peoples, uh, the Bible speaks about peoples, and it, it's not the same as a nation. So Pakistan might be one nation, but actually there's something like 400 people groups identified in that nation. There is something like 16,000 different people groups across the planet. And Jesus said that the gospel is to be preached to all nations, to all people groups, is what it literally means, to ethne, to the ethnic groups of the world. And there are still thousands of people groups no one is reaching out to. So this is picking up even on what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, that God so loved the world. He loves this whole world. He loves the Isle of Wight. So he's going to send some more people to bring blessing to the Isle of Wight. Right now, our sister Megan Wilcock, one of our members here, she's in Japan. So few Christians in Japan. Many Christians in Japan must travel three or four hours to get to have any fellowship with another Christian. How, how hard would that be? Some of us think it's tough being part of this church. How much harder it is. You know, we need to get a sense of what the challenges are for people of faith. So many Christians in many parts of the world, most of these unreached people groups are in the 1040 window between 10 degrees south and 40 degrees north across Africa and Asia. A whole band of people. And uh, we have a heart for God's vision for, the, for, the, for these people. And its vision is that may the nations be glad because we believe they can only be glad in Jesus Christ. That there is no true gladness. We see a very sad world seeking gladness with drugs and alcohol and, um, and other things which may be good in themselves like fishing or fast cars or whatever. But they don't ultimately fill that void. They don't enable you to live forever. So we're called to the peoples and the nations, to this whole earth, so that they who are sad would also be glad. See, when we say, this is verse 3 to 5, so yeah, here we go, may the peoples praise you. It's not a prayer that people would merely come along and join singing these songs we sing, is it? That's, that's not what we're... I mean, I'd love it if people would come and sing the songs, but it's not that they would just come and sing the songs, it's that they would truly, in their heart, be glad in the Lord. 
That's, that's what we want. That, that's the only reason that actually we can get out of bed in the morning. That we, it's, it, it's not so that you can pop the CD on or put UCB on. It's because in your heart, you have found reason to be glad in the Lord. Because you've looked at him and seen that he's so compassionate and he's so after justice for the oppressed. And that he just wins your heart. You think, yeah. That's the God. That's the God I want to follow, and who I want to delight in. So, how is the Father getting your attention? Maybe he's see Megan feels God may be leading her to Japan. I wonder who God may be leading you to. For years, Helen felt that she would be involved helping people with their cooking, and then the door opened wonderfully. But for years, she was nursing that. Then the door opened. I wonder what you might be nursing, or whether God would put something on your heart. Right, Steph, you're going to South Africa, to Durban, on a project for several months, in a month or so, isn't it? So, two months before you actually go. So she's, she's, she's carrying something. Actually, something your dad and mum carry, because they carry something for the nations, don't they? And so it's catching. It's catching. Friends, in our church, we have a heritage of a care for the nations under the heart of God. And we want to hold on to that. Maybe it's something, it could be homeless people, it could be healing on the streets, it could be children, it could be the summer extravaganza. These are just ways in which we say, I found something wonderful and we want to share. So uh, maybe he's challenging you to long for blessing. Maybe you've grown so disappointed that that's crushed out of you any hope of God's blessing. And he wants to renew in you the receiving of a blessing. It's interesting, there's some great, this is Psalm 67. If you subtract 30, you get Psalm 67. If you add 30, you get Psalm 97. In Psalm 37, you can read, take delight in the Lord. And in Psalm 97, the Lord reigns, let the earth be glad. Friends, this isn't just one verse in the Bible. This is just a massive, massive theme of scripture. God wants the nations to be glad. And so when Megan goes to Japan, it's not because she's, oh, it's so miserable. God's told me to go to this horrible place and I've just got to go because I've got to be obedient. No, she loves Jesus. And so she wants to share that joy. A couple of quotes as we wrap up. First from A.W. Tozer. He wrote this. He's a, he must be dead now, but his books used to be read a great deal. We commonly represent God as a busy, eager, somewhat frustrated father hurrying about seeking help to carry out his benevolent plan to bring peace and salvation to the world. This is a false representation. That's why he's quoting this. This is not how it is, right? God doesn't need you. You need him. Right? So um, he's reigning. What if we started each day thinking... I wonder what Father will do today. What if we dealt with the challenges in our life, that, that business deal that's almost there but just doesn't seem to be coming through and it's been months, you can't understand what's going on and, and you're feeling a bit angry maybe with God or cross or whatever. Maybe if we could just let go of that anger and say, I wonder what Father will do today and I'm going to trust him. I don't know how this will work out. I will work hard but I'm going to work with trust that he is at work more than I am at work, yeah? Because that's what salvation is. It tells us God is at work. Psalm 37, where we read, take delight in the Lord, in verse 4, in verse 1 says this, do not fret because of those who are evil. 
I don't know about you, but I get very fretful because of people who are evil. You know, there's another terrorist attack. You think, oh God, I, I want it all sorted out now. Do, do, can you feel like that? Or, you know, you've got some plans to renovate your kitchen or whatever, and you want to get it started. You've got a picture of what it's going to be like, but you need to save up a bit more money, or the workmen can't come for another month, or whatever. Just need to, friends, let's not get, be so angry, be with so much frustration. Work hard, but look to the one who works really behind what we do. John Piper writes this on the slide, Adam. God is glorious because he does not need the nations to work for him. He's free to work for them. And then he quotes Mark 10, 45. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Missions, he says, or reaching out, connecting heaven to earth, is not a recruitment project for God's labor force. It's a liberation project from the heavy burdens and hard yokes of other gods. It was a great evening in the Life Explored course where we looked at this stuff. How all the other gods, you know, drugs sporting achievements, all these things start to drive us. You know, people can become addicts of jogging. They have to do it. I mean, it's a great thing. I, I'm not into it myself. But, um, but you know, you can become an addict of these things. They become, a, you must go every morning, got to get up and go for the jog. Can become, uh, most gods enslave us not the God of Scripture. So what's Father saying to you? What are you going to do about it? What's Father saying to you today? Let's read this whole psalm together. It's the follow-on slide, Adam. We've got three slides. And invite you to read this psalm with me and to receive the blessing of God as you read it. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations may the peoples praise you God may all the peoples praise you may the nations be glad and sing for joy for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. In Jesus' name, amen.